Joining me right now from the Capitol, Congressman Richie Torres, Democrat, who represents New York's 15th congressional district in the Bronx, the South Bronx, somebody we've had on the program before, one of two men who were the first openly gay black men elected to Congress. And uh, he is, of course, there as all the chaos is happening on the floor of the Capitol and joins me right now. Welcome back to the program, Congressman Torres. It's an honor to be with you, Michael. Today, January 6th, a day that lives in infamy, the president at the White House right now is honoring the heroes of that day, commemorating the day, and certainly uh, Congressman Clyburn uh, spoke in his uh, speech in which he nominated Hakeem Jeffries as Speaker of the House about uh, that day and, and, and about the Capitol Police and about uh, what democracy is about. And, and the Republicans in their nominating of uh, the candidates they nominated didn't even talk about it. And in fact, one did mention the Capitol Police and, and honor them, but didn't talk about January 6th. You, you commented on that. I thought about it myself, but you commented about it on Twitter as well. I mean, for me, it is the height of hypocrisy for Republicans to decry the spike in attacks on law enforcement without mentioning January 6th, on January 6th. Like, on January 6th, um, their standard bearer, Donald Trump, inspired a violent mob to invade the U.S. Capitol and assault 140 police officers in an attempt to overturn the results of the election. So when it comes to the subject of law and order, public safety, national security, the Republican Party has no credibility, especially after January 6th. Right. He, he was commenting specifically on attacks on law enforcement. And here we are, of course, uh, talking about this day when we saw law enforcement attacked by uh, an incitement uh, by Donald Trump. Tell us a bit about what's going on. We've now seen 13 votes uh, on the House floor. It has been an entire week now, and uh, they can't come to agreement. Kevin McCarthy has gotten some of these people uh, over now. They flipped. But talk about what it's like being there and seeing this play out. We're seeing the enormous unity among Democrats and the chaos among Republicans. Well, I'm entering my second term in Congress. Um, I was a first-term congressman on January 6th, so I, I saw the insurrection in my first term, and now I'm seeing a dysfunctional speaker vote in my second term. And the common thread between them is the fanaticism of the far right of the Republican Party. Uh, the far right has engineered a historic humiliation of their own leader, Kevin McCarthy, uh, not in 164 years has it taken the House uh, more than 13 rounds of voting to select a speaker. Uh, and we're about to enter a 14th round uh, with no clear end in sight. Um, Kevin McCarthy has made some progress, so he's only two votes short of securing the speakership. But the final six holdouts are, you know, have been part of the Never Kevin camp, and it's unclear whether he can move them. And there's a lot of concern about how much he's given away to yeah. these people to get their votes, uh, in including when it comes to the debt ceiling and shutting down the government. Some of these people had been talking about wanting, you know, the green light to shut down the government rather than raise the debt ceiling, send us into economic calamity. Yeah, the, the far right 
consists not of rational actors who can be swayed by negotiations and concessions. These are arsonists who are intent on burning everything down, burning the full faith and credit of the United States when it comes to the debt limit, and burning down their own leadership, including Kevin McCarthy. Um, you know, Kevin McCarthy recently agreed to a rule that would enable one member to file what is known as a motion to vacate, a no-confidence vote against him. So even if he magically manages to become speaker, he will be one in name only. Like for the next two years, the House of Representatives might have a spokesperson, but it will have no actual speaker with an actual ability to govern. One of the people there um, among the Republicans, uh, newly elected freshman, is George Santos, uh, who's gotten a lot of attention in recent weeks, uh, fabricating uh, his entire resume, having having defrauded uh, the voters. And, and, and the lies, I mean, if I have to go on about them, we'd be here for an hour. Uh, it, it truly is extraordinary. And yet they're willing to uh, put him in place. He's under investigation. You have tweeted a lot about him and and really pointing to it. Uh, certainly, as an openly gay uh, Democrat, you've been talking about it because, uh, as well, he is someone who was elected as a gay man, the first Republican non-incumbent elected, and uh, supports the Don't Say Gay bill in Florida, so would support a federal uh, Don't Say Gay bill. Talk a little bit about your thoughts. I am appalled by George Santos. Uh, Santos is a pathological liar who cannot be trusted to serve the very public he defrauded. Um, I find it staggering that he has lied about nearly every aspect of his life, his family heritage, his educational background, his employment background, his business dealings, his philanthropic endeavors, like the sheer breadth and depth of his deception has been unprecedented in the recent history of congressional politics. And what concerns me most of all is that the moment he is sworn in, he will have full security clearance. He will have access to information affecting matters of national security. And in my view, he has no business being in Congress. He should resign. He should be the target of multiple investigations. You know, in order to prevent a repeat of history, um, I, I introduced a bill known as the Santos Act, the Stop Another Non-Truthful Office Seeker Act which would require federal candidates to disclose under oath, under the penalty of perjury, their employment, educational, and military history, so that candidates who do lie to voters can finally be punished. You know, voters should have the ability to compare what a candidate has said about his qualifications under oath versus what a candidate claims on the campaign trail. That kind of disclosure, in my view, would enable the detection of liars like George Santos. It would enable the exposing and punishing of fraudulent candidates who tell lies to voters. It's truly so, so important. Uh, and George Santos, uh, you know, will at, at least have a bill named after him. I don't think he's going to be really happy about the bill, but um, maybe he will. Who knows? Uh, he seems to like a lot of attention. I wanted to ask you, too, about the historic um, leadership of uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, also of New York, uh, first black man to be leading uh, the Democratic Party, first black person, and of course uh, nominated all week and, and getting a, a lot of attention. And the importance as well, certainly you 
too, as a Afro-Latino in Congress. And, you know, during this uh, month when we celebrate Martin Luther King and civil rights, the importance of representation. Well, Hakeem Jeffries represents the realization of the American dream. And when I had the honor of casting a vote for him for speaker, you know, I said I'm proud to vote for the master of alliteration, the cerebral, calm, cool, and collected Hakeem Jeffries. Um, I have great admiration for his intellect, his integrity, his temperament. He's well suited to the position of speaker. And it's powerful that he's going to be the first person of color to lead any caucus within the United States Congress. And he's well positioned to become the future speaker of the House. It's worth noting that the House Democratic Caucus, more than 70% of it consists of people of color, women, members of the LGBTQ community. It is by far the most diverse legislative caucus in the history of the United States. And we're made even more diverse by having Hakeem Jeffries as our leader. You know, during the debates around the speaker's vote, at one point, Elise Stefanik said that the Republicans were the most diverse legislative conference. when, When I heard her say that, I said, you know, by what standard is that true? I guess she must be counting Joy Santos, I guess. If you factor in the lives of George Santos, uh, you, you might have a, a gay, Afro-Latino, biracial, Brazilian, Belgian, Ukrainian, Jewish, Catholic, Republican conference. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that George Santos is lying about being gay. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I, that's I, what it, I am hoping for. It's it's remarkable what what we've learned so far, and uh, I, I guess a lot of people just would like to see uh, him held accountable uh, by the voters again. And that will happen, certainly, in 2024 if he's not um, forced to resign. Tell us a bit about what it's been like for you, uh, having been in the majority and now uh, adapting to being in the minority, uh, how you're going to be dealing with that. Well, it's one thing to be in the minority, which is painful on its own. It's something else to be in the minority under a radicalized House Republican conference that's been hijacked by extremists, that's been hijacked by by insurrectionists. I mean, that is a dynamic that no House Democrat has had to face before. Uh, and so it's going to be a painful two years. And the single greatest challenge that will confront our country will, will surround the debt limit. Um, I, I'm convinced that the Republicans are so self-destructive that they're willing to jeopardize the full faith and credit of the United States simply to score political points against Joe Biden. Uh, Every American should be terrified by the chaos, crisis, and confusion of House Republicans because the damage it will cause will not be self-contained. It will bring damage to Congress as an institution, to the country, and to all of our constituents. And what is it that Democrats need to do, that we all need to do, uh, really to prepare people uh, for that and uh, make sure people understand the ramifications of what the Republicans are going to try to do. You know, a lot of people say, oh, they just have the House. They won't get things passed in the Senate. They don't understand they can do a lot of damage as just, you know, being the leaders of this one chamber of Congress. Well, that's true in something. Look, you, you know, even if the House Republicans pass. Um, harmful legislation, the Senate is in a position to prevent it, right? But, but, but with the debt limit, 
we actually have to proactively raise it. We have to take action that is necessary for the fiscal health of our country, for the health of our economy. And, and so it's not a question of preventing, it's a question of taking affirmative action to protect the full faith and credit of the United States. And I have no confidence that Republicans are going to be partners in raising the debt limit, quite the opposite, um, based on, I mean, if the Republicans are willing to declare war on their own liberal, um, and Kevin McCarthy is creating a situation where the inmates are gonna run the asylum, where the most extreme elements of his party are effectively going to be in charge of the house and are gonna be in a position to derail the full faith and credit of the United States. Well, we're certainly uh, focused on it and will continue to um, sound the alarm for people. And I, I know you will be. And I thank you for taking some time out uh, as you're, you're voting there over and over and over again. <laughs> we'll continue to follow it all. And, and thanks for joining us today. I'm actually going to vote a uh, motion to adjourn. So <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> thank you uh, so much, Congressman Richie Torres. Great to have you back on the program. Take care. Congressman Richie Torres, U.S. Representative, uh, Democrat for the 15th Congressional District uh, in New York, uh, in the Bronx. Follow him on Twitter, where he is really just burning it up all the time and putting out uh, lots of information that you need to see and hear at Rep. Richie, at Rep. Richie on Twitter. We're back in a few minutes. The Michelangelo Signorelli Show on Sirius XM. 